We're kicking off a series uh, today called My Last Nerve, and I'm always excited to teach on relationships and to help strengthen our relationships. And I want to talk to you for a few moments from this thought, growing up, growing up. There was an elderly man. He was on his deathbed about to die, and he was in his bedroom upstairs, feeble and weak, and he got a whiff of the smell of chocolate chip cookies. And chocolate chip cookies were his absolute favorite. And as he was laying in bed, feeble and weak, he just began to smell that aroma over and over again. And he decided, I got to have a chocolate chip cookie. So he crawled out of his bed and he began to crawl to the stairs and slowly but surely he worked his way down those stairs and crawled into the kitchen and he saw his wife had just laid a fresh batch of chocolate chip cookies on the counter and he reached up to get one of those chocolate chip cookies and she hit him with the spatula. No, he said, whispered so weak and feeble, why did you do that? She said, they're for your funeral. You might be getting on each other's last nerve if you won't give your dying spouse a cookie because they're for the funeral. All relationships have challenges. It doesn't matter the type of relationship, whether it's dating or friendship or parenting, relatives or work or school, there's challenges. And, and all the married folks know marriage is challenging. Men, how many know that sometimes it can be so challenging, sometimes you can't get any of the cookies? You'll get that later. We, we've all been so frustrated with the person and said those famous words, you're on my nerves. You're on my last nerves. And in this series, I want us to learn how to better navigate the tension in our relationships. Listen, People's Church, no matter how old we are or how young we are, we can all improve when it comes to our relationship skills. And if you don't believe that you can improve in your relationship skills, that right there is why you're having relationship problems. We can all improve. And I want us all to get better throughout this series when it comes to handling relationship skills, and just the things that can get on our nerves. And I want to begin today's teaching by looking at a promise in God's word. It's found in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds what is good, and here's the promise, and receives favor from the Lord. The, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds what is good. And, and that's really interesting to me when, I, when I've just thought about it over the last several weeks. It doesn't say he who finds a friend or a girlfriend and then the girlfriend becomes his wife. No, no, the Bible says he who finds a wife. So men, if you desire to get married, you need to look for a wife, not a girlfriend, not a mistress, not a boo, not a sweet thing. You look for a wife. 
Ladies, if you want to get married, you need to look for a husband, not a boyfriend, not a lover. The person you should be looking for should already be husband or wife material. Listen, when you want to marry someone that's not husband or wife material, let me tell you, you can count on this. They will get on your last nerve and stay on your last nerve. Let me just make an announcement to all the single folks today. Marriage, even if you marry somebody who's already a husband and wife material, is still challenging. It's still not easy. But if you marry someone who is girlfriend or boyfriend material instead of husband or wife material, you can count on this. You will have heartache after heartache and headache after headache because they are immature. And I want to take you to the key verse I want to teach from today in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, it's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away, come on at all of our locations, everybody shout, put away. away. Now I have put away the childish things. So so singles, before you get married, you want to be sure you're putting away the childish things. You want to look for somebody who's put away childish things. And married couples, we have to continue to put away childish areas of our own lives. Uh, Every single one of us have an area or two where we can still grow up, where we can improve, where we can put away some childish areas. Some of us have one or two. Some of us have three or four. Some of us have 10 or 20. Some of us have a hundred plus, but we can all put away some childish ways. And here's what I want you to understand. No matter if you're single, married, or single again, if you will put away childish things, it will improve all of your relationships. It'll improve your marriage. It'll improve your dating. It'll improve your parenting. It'll improve your relationships at your school, at your workplace. If we will put away childish things. And I want to talk to you for for a few moments about three childish things we need to put away. Right here from this text in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. Three childish things we need to put away. Number one is this. Put away childlike thinking. Childlike thinking. The, The verse says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And a child's natural thinking is bent towards selfishness. Children, little children, believe the world revolves around them. Most of you know a a child's favorite word when they begin to talk. So most children's favorite word is no and mine. No, mine. They're they're, they're selfish. I want to share with you the property laws of a toddler. The property laws of a toddler. If I like it, it's mine. Law one, if it's in my hand, it's mine. If I take it from you, it's mine. If I had it a little while ago, it's mine. If it's mine, it must never appear to be yours in any way. If I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. If it looks just like mine, it's mine. 
If I saw it first, it's mine. If you are playing with something and you put it down, it automatically becomes mine. If it's broken, it's yours. Childish thinking, selfishness. It reminds me of these toddlers in this video. Check this out. All right, Logan. Give it your brother. Share. Your brother have some. All right, give some to your brother now. No, no, give it to your brother. That video is why some of y'all's relationships are not working, huh? You're 49, still doing that, I'm telling you. <laughs> this video reminds me of the Bible verse in James chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Selfishness, selfish people, it's, it's their way or the highway. Selfish people always want other people to change, but they don't ever want to change. They're always taking, but not giving. They, they always put their needs before everybody else's needs. Selfishness, it, it ruins relationships. Philippians chapter two and verse number three says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It, it, it'll ruin your relationships. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Relationships that win are when two people decide, I'm going to live to outserve you, not out selfish you. That, that's so key to your relationships winning. And, and I've had to grow in this throughout the years. I, I've grown a lot. I've, like many of you, have a lot of selfishness in me, and I've had to grow to say, I'm not living for my wife to outserve me. I need to begin to outserve her, and and I'm serving my wife and serving my children and those that I have the privilege to work alongside every day, not expecting them to serve me, but how do I serve them? How do we serve? people. And I'm telling you, one of the things that's so key to our relationships winning is putting away the childish thinking that you're here to serve me and begin to realize I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve others. Just look at your neighbor right now and just tell them, grow up. Go ahead and tell them, go ahead and go ahead. And just, just tell them, you got to grow up. You got to grow up. Number two is this. Number two, the second thing that we got to put away is put away childlike speaking, childlike speaking. First Corinthians 13 and verse 11 says, I spoke like a child. There was, there was a lady who had a six-year-old daughter and a, and a four-year-old son, and she just gave them a brand new 
toy to play with and they were so excited and and she told them to go outside and to play with the new toy because her sister was there and she just wanted some quiet time and just needed some peace and and so she was drinking a cup of coffee with her sister and as they were talking and enjoying one another's company all of a sudden the four-year-old little boy comes in the house he is mad he is crying and he begins to scream to his mom mom she keeps calling me wrong she calls me Roger over and over and over again and then he took his walkie-talkie and he threw it on the ground and broke it that little boy didn't understand how to communicate on a walkie-talkie if somebody would have told him and educated him and gave him some communication skills, he could have kept playing and having fun. And just like that four-year-old boy, most of us have some bad communication habits that hinder us from winning in our relationships. And you have to understand this, the way you communicate with others and the way you communicate with yourself will determine the quality of your life. You can be a Christian, love Jesus, but if you don't improve your communication skills, you will find out that your communication will make or break your relationships and will either add life and value to your relationships or will hinder your relationships and the quality of your life. I want to share with you for a few moments four ways to overcome childish communication. Four ways to overcome childish communication. If all of us in this place and watching at our other locations will apply this, it will be a turning point in our relationships. The, the, the first way to overcome childish communication is don't attack the person, attack the problem. Don't attack the person, attack the problem. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Attacking people with your language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And you know what children love to do. You watch children on the playground, they, a lot of them are into name calling. Stupid head, <laughs> dummy, you idiot, your mama. Listen, attacking the person is childish communication and does not help to resolve the problem. You want to talk about the problem, not the person. I'm going to say that again. When you're in conflict, when you're in a disagreement, you want to talk about the problem, not the person. The goal is to resolve the problem. Number two is this a second way to overcome childish communication is listen, listen to understand more than you talk to be understood. Listen to understand more than you talk to be understood. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 13 says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Proverbs chapter 18 verse two says, fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. And to overcome childish communication, you have to truly begin to listen to understand where the other person is coming from instead of just always wanting to talk to be understood. This was another key growth area for me. Even over the last several years, it's been something that I've had to really grow in in my relationships. 
as somebody who communicates all the time and uh, loves to talk and loves to formulate words and and can 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 speak and and I can get in a conversation with my wife and how many know she don't care how good I can preach and I've had to learn to listen I've had to learn to where where is she coming from and really value that where are people coming from how do they feel how do they feel? How am I making someone feel? I, I've had to really grow in that and it's improved my relationships all around me when I've learned to listen to understand more than I talk to be understood. It'll be a game changer in your relationships if you will apply it. And don't just listen to think about what you're going to say next. Listen to understand. Number three is this. Number three is that the third way to overcome childish communication is be honest and honorable. Honest and honorable. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. The scripture says, first of all, speak the truth. Don't, don't lie. Don't deceive. That's childish. Don't deceive. Don't be deceptive. Don't manipulate. You got to speak the truth. You got to be honest. You got to be open. You got to be real. That means you have to learn to be vulnerable in your relationships. You have to share how you feel. You can't just stuff it and keep it all to yourself. You got you to speak the truth. And you have to have a loving tone. Have a loving tone. You know, you hear some people say, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You sure sound like it. Your, your, your tone matters and make sure your nonverbal matches your verbal I said I care I said I care I care your, your, your nonverbal has to match your verbal the scripture says speak the truth in love we will grow we'll grow up Number four is this. Let me give you a fourth way to overcome childish communication, and that is talk to resolve the problem and to maintain peace, not to win the battle. This is so key. Talk to resolve the problem and to maintain peace, not to win the battle. When you're having a disagreement, when you're having an argument, if it is your goal to win the battle instead of to resolve the problem, you just created a bigger problem. When you're in a disagreement, when you're in an argument, if your goal is to win the argument, to win the battle, you just created a bigger problem. Did you realize you can be right and still lose? You can win the battle and lose the war because winning or being right should not be your goal. Resolving the problem and maintaining peace and harmony in your relationship should be the goal. And yet so many people want to be right. They want to be right. They will argue and argue and argue and fuss and fight because they want to win. They want to be right. And scripture says in Proverbs 17 verse 14, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. That's a word for somebody today. Stop it. Stop the arguing. Stop the fussing. Stop it. It's, it's not helping all the arguing and quarreling. You're not solving the problem. You're just arguing. Stop. 
Proverbs 20 verse 3 says, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. And yet so many people believe it's their honor to fight. Mm, You want something? Say something. Say something. Say something. (laughs) Say something. I will tell you. I will give you a piece. Say, say. Oh, you said it? You see, what you, what you say? So I was talking louder. Talk loud. Talk so I could hear you. If you always have fighting intention in your relationships, you're being a fool. You say, Pastor, are you calling me a fool? No, the Bible is. I would never do that. I never call you a fool. But God will. You got to resolve the problem. Maintain peace. Some of you are losing the peace in your relationships because you want to be right and you want to win. And it's not really helping anything. Number three is this. Let me give you point three, point three, point three. The third thing that we need to put away, and that is put away childlike reasoning. Put away childlike reasoning. Back in that text in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says, I reasoned like a child. So if you're going to improve your relationship, you have to put away childish reasoning. And you know how children reason? Children live for the moment. They live for fun. They live for their feelings. They don't see clearly the consequences of their actions and their decisions. They don't put it all together. So a little child will run into a busy street if you let them, because they, 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 they don't reason well. They're just living for the moment. They'll, they'll jump into the deep end of the pool and can't swim. They can't reason. Well, when one of my children was, was three years old, uh, we were at a swimming pool and swimming, and all my children were wearing floaties and uh, just having a good time. And I was talking to somebody and knew the children were okay because they had their floaties all on and could swim around us and, and enjoy some time in the pool. And all of a sudden, one of my children tapped me and said, look, look. And my three-year-old son at the time took off his floaties, was underneath the water, about to drown. And I yanked him out of the water. (laughs) What are you doing? I thought I could swim. You can't. You don't know how. I don't know what made you think that. And children live for fun and are not aware of the danger of their actions. Proverbs 22 and verse 3 says, a prudent, a a wise, a mature person foresees danger and takes precautions. The the simpleton, the, the childlike thinking and reasoning goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. When we put away childlike reasoning, we see the danger of our decisions and we take precaution. But, but childlike reasoning doesn't see danger. 
people can't see if they keep making that decision to spend time with that person it's going to destroy their family they can't see it if they keep going to those places it's going to wreck their reputation they can't see it if they keep visiting those websites it's going to erode their conscience and cause them cause them to be clouded in their decision making if if they keep spending money in those places it's going to destroy their peace if they keep texting that person they're going to end up in a dangerous situation on a slippery slope but when we grow up when we put away childish reasoning we see danger and we take precaution as the scripture says we change we stop we run to safety we, we, we go in a different direction. Childlike reasoning that children live for the moment. And you see, children live for the moment because children don't understand that life is connected. Childlike reasoning doesn't, doesn't get it. Life is connected. Children don't understand that you will reap what you sow. Galatians 6 and verse 7 says, do not be deceived. Don't, don't have childlike thinking and deceive yourself. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So, so whatever you sow into your relationships, you will reap a harvest of what you have sown in that relationship. So, so if you sow lying in your relationships and dissension, or if you're sowing secrets and greed and anger, or, or perhaps you're sowing hatred or screaming and yelling, you have to understand if that's what you sow in your relationships, you're going to reap a harvest from what you've sown. It's childlike to think and to believe that you can sow negativity into your relationships and then reap a positive harvest. That's, that's childlike. You're living disconnected. So if you want to reap a better harvest in your relationships, you have to change the seeds you're sowing. And I want to encourage some of you today. Would you start sowing peace? In your relationships, would you start sowing kindness? Would you start sowing serving instead of selfishness? Say, I'm, I'm going to serve you. Would you start sowing listening and sowing understanding, sowing patience? Would you start sowing, not I'm going to be right, but I'm going to sow. Let's resolve this problem. Let's, let's talk about it. Would you begin to sow love? And here's what I want you to see. If you will begin to sow those things into your relationships, I want you to understand that you're going to reap a harvest, a positive harvest in your relationships because you reap what you so children don't understand that children live for the moment. Children don't understand life is connected. And children think they know more than they know. Children especially in their teenage years, they can tend to think that they're smarter than their parents. How many of you been there before I was there? And there are some teenagers who won't listen to their parents. They won't listen to the advice of teachers or coaches or mentors. And the scripture says in Proverbs 15 and verse 22, plans go wrong for lack of of advice many advisors bring success many advisors bring success if you want to improve your relationships 
whether it's your marriage or, or dating or a friendship or your, your parenting or a relationship at your workplace or your school, I want you to understand that you need some godly advisors. You need to have a teachable spirit that says, I can improve. I can grow. I can get better. No matter how old or young you are, we all need to have a teachable spirit we can improve so that we can listen to godly people around us and improve our relationships. It takes a teachable spirit. We need godly counsel and godly advisors. And can I encourage all of our married couples, all of those of you who are dating or engaged or even our singles, would you do yourself a favor and attend the marriage conference? Would you realize today that say, you know what, I can grow. My marriage can improve. I, I can prepare myself in a better way for my future marriage. For one day when I start dating and get married, would you invest in yourself like that? I know my wife and I, it's, it's so key for us. We can grow. We can get better. I can get better. I have not arrived as a husband. And I need godly advisors to speak into my life. I've invited a couple from California that's going to be coming and investing in us at the marriage conference. And there's going to be breakout sessions. And my wife and I will be sharing on the panel. And it's going to be a great time. Would you today, the marriage conference is coming up this, coming up Saturday. If you have not registered, would you get registered today out in the lobby at the marriage conference table? Listen to me. Do yourself a favor. Have a teachable heart and say, I'm going to set time aside to invest in my marriage and grow and to improve myself. Would you set time aside in your schedule to say, I'm going to get to a small group and I'm going to get connected with some other godly people to grow myself spiritually. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. We've got to put away childlike reasoning. Children live for the moment. They don't understand life is connected and they think they know more than they really know.